the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in the free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Roster brought to you by Coors Light. Get Mountain Cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP. Roster brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Roster brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. Your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, currently 1038 on the East Coast. Here to break down some more game twos and uh, one game three tonight in the association for the NBA playoffs. We have the Nets Celtics, uh, Sixers Raptors game three, and the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks game two going off tonight. And joining me to break everything down for tonight and what we saw yesterday is my main man, the superstar of the show, my brother, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you feeling, my man? Hey, man, just let everybody know that stayed all, all over there on this side, over there on Minnesota side. Tell them, stay over there. Tell them, I said, stay over there. Don't try to come back over on Memphis. Y'all talking <laughs> about Ja can't get it done in the playoffs. Ja this, Ja that, blah, blah, blah. Memphis was overrated, all that. Y'all stay over there. Don't try to come back on this way when they handle business and a gentleman's sweep of this squad, yo. Man, don't stop. Tell folks, stop playing with my boys, man. And the th- crazy thing is, Minnesota, my boys, too. Everybody yeah. know, I, y'all been listening to me all year. Minnesota and Memphis been my boys all year. They pit them boys against each other in the first round of the playoffs. And I was like, you're going to see fireworks, but Memphis going to do their thing. One loss. J- can Ja get it done? Ja can't get it done. Ja this, Ja that. This team, the same team as last year. Overrated, overhyped. Stay over there. Stay over there. Don't come this way. As Josh said, don't come this way. <laughs> yeah, the, Terrell's not taking any more and not uh, taking bandwagon fans to come back on the Memphis the Memphis train. But, yeah, we're going to talk about that game. We'll recap uh, what we saw yesterday here, Terrell. But, yeah, we're going to start with that game right there. Memphis was pretty much in a home run spot. They came out and took care of business, uh, a ass whooping, you can say, against the Minnesota Timberwolves in game two. They win Absolutely. one 124-96, get the victory by 28 points. And it really didn't even take a heroic effort from John Moran. I mean, he had a fantastic game, don't get me wrong. One rebound away from a triple-double in the playoffs. But they had seven different guys that were in double figures for this team. And it started with uh, Triple J, John Moran, Desmond Bain, uh, Brandon Clark. I think he's taking over the minutes now for Steven Adams. Uh, Xavier Tillman off the bench, Tyus Jones and Zaire Williams all in double figure. So big yep. collective effort from the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. But I know this is your team. But that's nothing new. 
That's yeah. nothing new. I'm trying to tell you, that's nothing new. Memphis had one of the top bench units the whole season. Y'all know I've been talking to you all season, telling y'all that, look, this bench production is going to mean something in the playoffs. It yeah. really is. And these squads that do not have a strong bench are going to get exposed. Chicago doesn't have a strong bench. Milwaukee still doesn't have a strong bench. Both of them relied heavily on their starters in their first game. And we'll talk about that game a little bit later. Memphis has been one of the top five teams in bench units for the duration of the whole season because they are extremely, extremely deep. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they have all these options to go to and they can pound, well, pause, they can beat the shit out of you at any given time. It's crazy, and that's why I said I like Memphis as one of my teams to be able to go through it all because it can be 48 minutes of onslaught on the offensive and defensive side of the ball for them. Yeah, I was more important, uh, sorry, impressed with the defensive effort they had last night. I mean, in, in game one, Minnesota was knocking down three-point shots, but they did a great job last night of closing out on shooters. They did a great job of rebounding. Uh, points in the paint last night, and I had uh, discussed this in an article I did for another uh, company, is that the points in the paint is pretty much the difference what I think is going to carry Memphis Grizzlies because last night they scored 60 to compare to the uh, 34 points for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves last night. So um, a great effort from Memphis. What else you got for this game, Terrell? Man, I don't even – I think that when we think about – because some things that were said is that, you know, who is the number two for Memphis? Who is the second best guy? Well, for me, clearly, is uh, Triple J is yeah. the second best player, offensive and defensive considerations. He's absolutely the second best player. But the fact that they have so many guys that they can go to at any given point when the, when the ball's in Jaws' hand, he's got three, maybe you want to count Steven Adams, not even count Steven Adams. He's got three other guys in that starting unit that he can a hundred percent go to and they can go get a bucket in Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks and triple J. So mm -hmm. I, this is, this is a scary unit. And like I said, all season, if they get the opportunity, which, you know, could be looming very soon that they play the Warriors in the next round or even, you know, the Phoenix Suns. We'll see what the Phoenix Suns do with Devin Booker out with the hamstring injury. Yeah. The, this team has what it takes to get there, man. They really do. This team is special. Taylor Jenkins is doing his thing. And I think that they're going to have a chip on their shoulder when all these awards come in. And they already listed the finalists for a lot of these awards. And so outside of most improved, which I don't even think Jaws even thinking about most improved. I think he was thinking MVP. Mm-hmm with all these award snubs that Memphis is going to get, you already see that they got their first one where Jaron Jackson Jr. wasn't even on the ballot for the fight. Wasn't even a finalist for defensive player of the year. Yeah. And you know, six man Desmond Baines, not even a finalist. So all these awards coming through all these snubs is that's going to put a chip on their shoulder. And I think that Memphis is going to ride it all the way. They are really, really good. Yeah, Memphis, I think like other teams when we talk about like Boston and, and Milwaukee and Brooklyn and Phoenix, like they don't have a clear number two. But like you said, they have enough guys. They have like they have like like you said, two, three guys that can be that second guy on any given night, right? Like you have Triple J, you have Desmond Bain, you have Dylan Brooks that can step up on any given night. And last night, I think was a prime example is they didn't have to rely on John to go out there and score 30 plus points for them. You have separate guys. And like you mentioned, they've been doing that 
all season long. And that's why they ended up as a number two seed in the Western conference. So up and down this team offensively. And I think for me, more importantly, defensively are going to be really tough to beat. I know game one, they gave up 130 points. Maybe, you know, a little shock for them or nerves, whatever the case was in game one, it was just game one, but the bigger response came in came in game two where they held this offense to 96 points uh, and they did a fantastic job defensively and offensively. They did a lot um, to get this victory in uh, game two to even up the series as they head to Me- uh, sorry Minnesota for games three and four of this series. But you have anything else for this game, uh, Turo, before we recap the other two from last night? No, I'm good. Let's go. All right. So uh, I'll save the Phoenix for last since that was the last game of the night. But uh, no surprise to me, Miami. Uh, took care of business against the Atlanta Hawks last night, 115-105. They get the victory there. A huge performance out of Jimmy Butler last night, 45 points. He finished 15 of 25 from the field, 4 of 7 from three-point land, knocked down 11 of his 12 free throws. Um, he was pretty much story. And against the swarming defense and the fits that they were kind of giving Trey Young, uh, at least from beyond the arc and kind of limiting his shot making, was I think the really – What's the difference for me been in this game one and two? Because this defense, we've seen it all season long, and you were quick to you were quick to point out during the season that they do a great job against the point guard position. And you know, Trey Young, we've seen flashes of Trey Young, but I think they've done a great job. And they forced 10, 10 turnovers from Trey Young last night in game two. But Miami takes a 2-0 lead as they head back to Atlanta for games three and four. Uh Bogdanovich bounced back in a huge way, a huge way. For the Atlanta Hawks, um, he was 12 of 18 from the field, 5 of 10 from three-point land. He finished up 29 points. Um, But it seems like they need another person to step up on the scoring-wise or at least maybe change the game plan. I know they did kind of change the game plan in this game by bringing Bogdanovich in and having him uh, bring up the ball with Trey Young and have Trey Young play off the ball. But they kind of went back to it. But Terrell... Thoughts on this game here? 10-point victory for the Miami Heat uh, as they take a 2-0 lead. Well, this game was slightly more concerning, and I think that if you have any faith in Atlanta in this series at all, you're actually slightly impressed with what you've seen. So I would be pretty concerned. Not pretty concerned, but it's a small concern for the Miami Heat in seeing that it took such a superhuman effort from Jimmy Butler to kind of pull away in this game. Jim Butler had 45 points, and then you go and you're looking down the stat sheet, and Bam Adebayo, who absolutely should have been, you know, absolutely should have been probably an area that they went to with mm-hmm. the ball with the absence of Clint Capella, and he's got, you know, a skill advantage over the big man for Atlanta now, and he's three for six for nine points, which is efficient, probably looks looking to try to get a little bit more touches there. Yeah. But you're looking around and how their performance was. Tyler Hero had a pretty decent game, but it was all Jim Butler. And it was all Jim Butler in that aspect. So maybe a tad bit concerned of just making sure that everybody is coming, is ready to come out and, you know, contribute in any given night. 
But it just feels like last night was just a Jimmy Butler night. He did 45 on 60% shooting. That's not easy. And he, he knocked down four threes. Jimmy Butler knocked down four threes. Yeah. That, what? The fact that he took seven is, <laughs> is outstanding in itself. And so it, you just got to chop that up. So he just had an incredible night. And not even DeAndre Hunter could slow him down in, what, in the production that he had going on. Yeah. And so now the series flips back over to Atlanta and Atlanta again, over the course of the season, we know Atlanta not to be that good on the road. They're a much better home team than they are a road team. And we know the history of Miami, just the organization that they do have struggles on the road when they're favored and they more than likely should be favored in both of these games, regardless of if Atlanta steals the first one or not. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting rest of the series. We're mm-hmm. going to see if Miami tries to go ahead and close them out. If if they win this next game, I don't think sweep is outside of the realm possibility. That Clint Capella injury was really, really big for them. Yeah, Miami has opened up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite on Friday uh, against Atlanta um, in game three. But, yeah, I think that, you know, offense or the change that was made in the starting lineup yesterday for the Atlanta Hawks was they had John Collins – um, take the place of uh, a Kongwu in the starting in the starting lineup. He did finish with ten rebounds, but I think saw a note that he said pregame or or from one of the uh, beat reporters that John Collins says he's not going to be close to hundred percent anytime soon. So, but he looked pretty good out there to me last night. Um, but again, it's gonna it's gonna take a a, a game where they're gonna get have to get a contribution from a third guy because. Last night in game two, Gallinari was 0 of 6 from the field in 22 minutes, 0 of 4 from three-point land. He only finished with two points. Kevin Herter, another guy who was struggling in the first two games, 3 of 10 last night. He finished with nine points. So Trey Young and M. Bogdanovich are going to need somebody else to kind of step up here, whether it's John Collins or Gallinari, at least scoring-wise, um, to really help this team because they've only put up 91 and 105 points in the first two games. But again, give credit to the Miami Heat defense for what they've been able to do in these two games so far. Uh, Terrell, anything else for this game before we get to the last game of the night? No, no, I'm good on it. All right. Uh, last, last game of the night, we have the New Orleans Pelicans evening up the series. Uh, to no shock to me last night, Scott Foster was on this game. Tony Brothers was on this game. Look, the numbers out there. It, it was 0-13 is Chris Paul when – Scott Foster is officiating and Chris Paul is playing. And last night, Scott playoff Foster, games. Yeah, playoff games. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Playoff games. So the last 13 playoff games where Scott Foster has officiated with CP3 on a team, he's lost every single one. Last night or the last yesterday morning, the uh, referee assignments came out. I saw Scott Foster <clears throat> and Tony Brothers officiating this Phoenix game. And, dude, there's a bet that you should have made immediately, whether it was on the money line for the Pelicans or if it was a spread or buying the alternate spread, whatever it was. Uh, but Pelicans just came out and, and took care of business yesterday against the Phoenix Suns. They even up the series. But at least from a game perspective, I know the theories and everything are out there and the numbers are backing it up. But Terrell, Brandon Ingram last night, man, 37 points, was one assist away from a triple-double. Uh, he had 11 rebounds as well. Uh, sorry, uh, finished to a nine assists, one assist short of a triple double. Um, and then CJ McCollum uh, chipped in with 23. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? I know Devin Booker did leave this game with a hamstring injury. We're waiting for more news on that. But uh, Devin Booker, that first half, man, he dropped 31 points for the Phoenix Suns, but yeah. had to leave with a uh, 
a hamstring injury. I think that was maybe the difference here. But what's your thoughts for this game? Man, I mean, I I can't sit here and say that I'm impressed with New Orleans. So I was on Phoenix, mm-hmm. and I was on Phoenix because even though yes, I saw the numbers, yes, I know the trend, I know all of that. I don't even know what to think of the Suns team without him. I don't know what to make of what they're going to do without that production. Now, they've this is a team where they've been able to get it done, and they have other people that have stepped into a role and added to them scoring-wise. And mm. there is a level of this happened mid-game. You know, normally, yes, you do. You call, you go up when your number is called, and you show out whatever opportunity you get. But there's a level of game, game planning and stuff like that and roster assignments and moving your rotations around that – you know, it's thrown off when somebody leaves the game like that, especially somebody as big as the caliber of Devin Booker. So I expect to see a better output for the rest of the Suns team outside of what they look like after Devin Booker went out in that second half mm-hmm. with Cameron Johnson having a bigger workload, with Cameron Payne having a bigger workload, maybe Landry Shamit coming off that injury comes in there. He came in did an, uh, and looked really good in a little bit of minutes. He did have two for three or five points. That was pretty good there. But – Man, I'm telling you, they're if you're if you're a fan of Phoenix, which we know uh, McKee is, you, you're a little clenched right now. Yeah. <laughs> the mass cheeks, the mass cheeks is a little clenched <laughs> right now because I'm telling you, this Pelican team is not like they're nothing. And I I still think they're slightly overrated. I'm not going to lie to you. I still think they're slightly overrated, but they're balling. They got young guys and they're balling. I will never take that away from them. They put on an absolute show last night in Phoenix and got a really, really good win in the cover. Devin Booker, Devin Booker out. Take away Devin Booker. That was still a really, really good win they got. And they got it from three rookies that went in there and played great minutes for them. So even though I'm not the biggest fan of this Pelicans team, I will never take that away from them. They absolutely balled out last night. If they can keep that going for a duration of this series, they are really going to shut me up. But I'm just letting you know, if they play like they did last night, Mm -hmm. ass cheeks should be clinched in Phoenix. (laughs) Absolutely. Because y'all might be the next one seed to go down to an eight. So you better hope that they that was a anomaly and they're not going to go out there and play like they did last night. Yeah, we're still waiting on uh, news about uh, Devin Booker's the severity of his hamstring injury. Uh, obviously, did not finish the game last night, so definitely look out for that news. But you know, hamstrings can be tricky, but we'll leave it to the medical experts and, and see what uh, happens with Devin Booker. I believe their next game is not till Friday, I believe. Uh, I'll double check that. But um, yeah, Pelicans even up the series now. It heads back to New Orleans where they will uh, play games three and four. So, again, make sure to wait, uh, wait for the injury news for Devin Booker, the update. Yeah, they do play on Friday in New Orleans at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Terrell, anything else uh, from this game or overall from the night last night before we dig into these Wednesday night games? Chris Paul is going to have to be superhuman. I think Chris Paul is going to have to be superhuman in the rest of this series, and I hope that – he doesn't try to overcompensate and do too much for his own body and what his body can take and withstand. But I expect to see a superhuman effort from Chris Paul, the rest of this series, if Devin Booker can't go, because I know you got to think last year, Chris Paul went out and Devin Booker hold it, held it down mm-hmm. in that series against the Clippers. I got to think that Chris Paul thinks that he, ha- he has some type of obligation to hold this team down while Devin Booker is going to be out if he is. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I think if you have Chris Paul out there, I mean, you 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 always have a, more than a puncher's chance because he the level of IQ that this guy has is one of the smartest players in the game. And he, he I know obviously Devin Booker is your best player right there with CP3, but I think this would be a spot where Cam Johnson have to step up, right? Mikael Bridges scoring wide. DeAndre Aiden now is going to have to be that second scoring option for this game if Devin Booker is going to miss some uh, time here. So, um, you know, with Chris Paul on the floor, I, I still think they can get it done here, but it's going to be a tall order for them because obviously the Pelicans are playing the best basketball right now as they have, you know, throughout the season. And give credit to Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and again, Willie Green for the way he's been able to ca- uh, coach these guys um, up till this uh, part of the season and into the playoffs. So, um it's going to be a lot of fun as we kind of get into the game threes later this weekend, uh, between all the matchups that we just uh, recapped here. Terrell, let's take, I think a- there's going to be a situation. Real yeah. quick. I think it's going to be a situation where whether it's in at some point in this road trip, they're going to be down going into the fourth quarter. And we're going to see that Chris Paul fourth quarter that has been game one. going crazy, going crazy. Yes. in game one all season, he's been yeah. doing it all season. I really, really thought we were going to see it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I kept watching and kept waiting and waiting and saying, all right, there's some point Chris Paul's going to turn it on and he's going to win this game for him because he's so good in the fourth. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen last night. It yeah. may happen going forward. Let's see. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, that game, one fourth quarter performance from Chris Paul was, I mean, that's that's just that's who Chris Paul has been all throughout his career. Um, all right, let's take one break here, Terrell. We'll come back, and then we'll dive into this Wednesday night schedule here for the NBA playoffs. We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on WinBet's $10 win $200 promotion where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the Win's own build your own bet feature. That's right. Same game parlays with the Win's own build your own bet feature. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in a state where play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 it's that time the nba playoffs and sgpn is offering nba playoffs bracket challenge we're giving away $500 in their bracket challenge. Completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA playoffs or hit the contest link in the SGPN app for your chance to win $500. It's a hectic time of year. Between weddings, graduation, spring sports, and more, we're busier than ever before. And sometimes we forget to take a second to, for ourselves. So this season, take a second to enjoy an ice cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. Do you always feel like you're always on work, friends, family, and million social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7? Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Mountain cold refreshment, it's really made to chill. Like I said, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. When I need to take a second for myself, I reach for the beer that's made to chill. 
Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And remember to always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, coming off of the break, three Eastern Conference uh, NBA playoff games going down tonight. We'll get into every single one of them. With the first one on the board, it's going to be game two between the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics here, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tip-off. Checking the opening line for this game, pretty much the same as it was in game one. We have the Boston Celtics who open up as a four-point favorite. That number has ticked down to minus three and a half for the Boston Celtics favorite at home here. Total opened up at 228 and a half. Um, That number has come down to 226 as far as the total. Um, Game one, Terrell, Jason Tatum, game-winning shot or game-winning layup uh, to seal the victory for the uh, Boston Celtics to take a 1-0 lead. But Brooklyn pretty much had that game. Uh, in control, I guess I can say they were up by three points. Uh, they gave up two easy layups to the Boston Celtics. So, uh, in that final minute for them to steal the victory here, but, um, anything you want to recap from game one, and then, uh, we can dig into game two, but did you have any thoughts from game one? Yeah. Yeah. My thoughts for game one is that how the beginning of that game went in the first quarter, the Boston Celtics should be very afraid about their chances in this series. And, because the one thing that they had going for them did not work in the first quarter of last game. Mm-hmm. And the one thing they had going for them was their defense. Their defense is their, their main asset. Yes. They've been really good on offense since coming out of the, what is it? The all-star, all-star break. break. Yeah. Yeah. Since coming out of the all-star break, they, they've been really good on offense, but the mm-hmm. defense is something that we've been talking about for them all year. Yeah. Look at it. They just had the first guard since, I don't even remember when. So when defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. So the defense has been their moneymaker. The defense is what's been working for them all season. And so in a first quarter where you had double-digit turnovers from the Brooklyn Nets, and these weren't turnovers as they were making mistakes. These were forced turnovers. Yeah. There were forced turnovers, like double-digit forced turnovers in that first quarter. And you win the first quarter by one point? Mm-hmm. One point? That's So if you're telling me if Brooklyn can overcome the Boston defense and keep the game close, then they're going to be in this series the entire way, and there's going to be more often than not that that last shot may not go in for the Boston Celtics like it did for Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. And it was drawn up beautifully, and it came, and it went – it was like parting the Red Sea when it happened. <laughs> and it's probably going to go down as one of those great Boston Celtics moments that, that you've seen in TD Garden. But mm-hmm. that's not okay. You sh- you can't play defense like the way they play defense and be down for a majority of this game and sit here banking on a last-second shot to win and think that you, you're in control of this series. They won that game, but I don't think that they, in their minds, they won. I I hope that in their preparation for this game, they didn't treat it like they won. They should feel like they're down 0-1 because the Brooklyn Nets look like they, Kyrie Irving looked like they were about, he was about to lead them into a win. Yeah. And so now we come to today and we think about what happened last game and 
you have to consider that you got 20 P's for Marcus Smart and Al Horford. You can't guarantee that this mm-hmm. game as well. Right. Kevin Durant was incredibly inefficient for 24 shots. Incredibly inefficient. Yeah. And, you know, he got 23 points because he's Kevin Durant. But at the end of the day, he was super inefficient. Kyrie Irving may or may not have that superhuman effort. I can't even count him out for it. I don't think I, I don't think he goes back off for the tune of 39 points, but it's probably not far off yeah. how the, the hate that he has for Boston right now. And, you know, the fact that he's embodying the, the hate that Boston has for him and he's showing that in his play. Mm-hmm. And then we look at the South. This is what I've been talking about all season. And we go over to the Celtics bench and they're just not getting that scoring from the bench that they thought they would. Derek White was three for eight from that game. Yeah. One for four from three. Where What they brought him in for to stretch the four, he was one for four from three, three for eight for the game. Grant Williams didn't get it done from three, three for seven for the game. This bitch production is not going to get them anywhere. Whereas we sit here and we look on Brooklyn side of the ball and Claxton, very efficient in the paint. Goran Dragic did what he did, and that's why he came and he signed that deal with uh, – Brooklyn coming off of that buyout. So it's a lot of things that in a game where it looked like the Brooklyn Nets were dominating that went wrong for them and they were still leading. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I have to be on Brooklyn in this spot. I just think too many things went right for the Celtics and they barely got the win. And Brooklyn probably didn't have one of their better outputs that they would have liked to put out there. And still lost by one. I like the points. I'll take the three and a half. Yeah, I think that, you know, the number one point that you hit on was that Kevin Durant didn't have a Kevin Durant performance efficiency-wise, right? Like 9 of 24 is not something you tag along to a guy like Kevin Durant because he shoots shoots close to 50% from the field. Not close, uh, over. He's yeah. a 50-40 guy. Yeah. He's a 50-40 guy, absolutely. Yeah. So he shot 38%. Yeah, so you're you're going to expect him to bounce back in a big way here tonight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie goes out and drops another 39-40 piece for in Boston because, like you talked about, the, he he's he's feeding off of that energy that that negative energy that's coming from him from the Boston Celtics crowd. So, uh, but I'm looking for somebody else to step up. I mean, there's some for the Brooklyn Nets, and you know Seth Curry in that first quarter I think had nine points, got nothing after that. For the Brooklyn Nets, uh, you talked about Nick Claxton. You know he's going to get majority of the minutes down there in the in the center position. Dragic had a very good game for them. He had some clutch buckets um, for them in that first half to keep it within a reach. It was sixty-one to sixty-one at the half, Terrell. So um, you know Brooklyn was right there. And you talked about the turnovers that they did have. Six turnovers for Kevin Durant. So expect him to bounce back in a big way. And at least for the Celtics in game one, they're only going eight deep. And I think that you're going to see Jason Tatum play another 45, 44, 45 plus minutes again. Jalen Brown is going to be playing another 40 plus minutes here tonight. Um, and I like what you said that Al, like you can't, I can see the argument where Al Horford might have another game where he gets maybe 17 and 12 again, but you know, because the lack of presence inside for the um, Brooklyn Nets. And again, let's not forget that Andre Drummond was in foul trouble. Because why are you here? In, yes. Yeah, in the it, first half. Like, Andre Drummond, you have to be of use in this game. Yeah. All you did was, all you did were you were in foul trouble the entire game. And yeah, you so, were no use. That is what he's there for. If Andre Drummond's playing majority of that game, I don't think Al Horford finishes with 15 rebounds. Yeah, so... 
And like, and like you talked about with the bench, they were they combined two of nine from the uh, three-point uh, lane for the Boston Celtics. So I think the Brooklyn Nets know they had that game. I think they have to come out and know that they're going to have to win this game going back to Brooklyn. Uh, whether or not Ben Simmons is going to be back for that game is yet to be seen, but I did see that he is playing four-on-four full contact uh, practice right now. So um, keep that in mind as we get to game three. But as far as game two, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a series where, honestly, Terrell, I just might think that it might be separated by a basket, man. Like these, these, these teams are not that far apart, and I can see it going either way. Brooklyn winning by a point or two points or Boston winning by a bucket again. So um, I'm going to agree with you. I took this as my dog for tonight on, on the mothership show with the nets at plus plus one forty-five. So I, I agree with you taking the points here with Brooklyn. Again, expect a big night here from Kevin Durant in a, in a, as he bounced back after a uh, poor shooting night from him. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the total here? Two twenty-six. I, uh, I really don't because I, I, I can see a better defensive effort coming from both squads just to mm-hmm. try to kill the bleeding and the scoreboard a little bit. But this team's a talented man. They can absolutely run the score up on each other. And these this total isn't high enough or it's outside of run possibility like it was last game. I can see it definitely coming into these uh, one teams or something like that to finish the game. Yeah, I mean, so when you, the, the amount of talent that – is all going to be on the floor, especially in this series where guys can just fill up the basket. I think sometimes there's not enough defense for you to stop these guys. I'm going to talk about skilled players and pure bucket getters, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, to have some three point shooters on that team as well. And then, you know, Jason Tatum, a guy that can go out and get a bucket, Jalen Brown, and they have some guys that can knock down three point shots as well. So uh, I'm leaning towards over. I think this might be something similar that we see on, on Sunday, that closer to game time, this total started to creep up a little bit and it, it did get over in that game on Sunday. So I'm leaning towards over in this game as well. Uh, let's get over uh, to the next game of the night. This one's going to be on NBA TV. It's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Headed to Canada to take on the Toronto Raptors in game three. A commanding 2-0 lead for the Philadelphia 76ers as they go to Toronto. Uh, this line is opened up <clears throat> for the Toronto, sorry, for the Philadelphia 76ers at minus two. It's stay the course at minus two. Total opened up at 214 and a half. Um, that number is now at 216 over on win bet. Um for this game, we do have to know that we talked about this when we we're uh, previewing the series that they won't have Matisse Thibel in this game. Will the Philadelphia 76ers because he is not vaccinated. Um, but I think that Philadelphia was already kind of preparing in games one and two to not have him, if that kind of makes sense, because he wasn't he wasn't playing a lot of minutes like he usually does during the regular season, Terrell. But let's recap uh, game two. Uh, what we saw from there, and then we'll get into game three here tonight. So what were your thoughts from game two between these two squads? I should mention, I'm sorry, uh, Scotty Barnes is doubtful for tonight. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, I mean, the issue has been the issue all series and that they're playing one since James Harden came over to Philadelphia – one of they draw the most fouls in the league. Mm-hmm. They draw the most fouls in the league, and now you have a Toronto team that really isn't that deep. If they could play all five starters 
all the minutes they would. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that luxury because you'll look up at the end of the first quarter and three of your five starters have two fouls. And you're yeah. still running them on the floor. And then next thing you know, you're getting into the second quarter and another starter picks up a third foul. Well, you have to sit them at that point. And so that's the issue with Toronto. They can't keep everybody on the floor. They can't keep everybody in rhythm the entire time because they're picking up so many fouls. And for the most part, you know, you can take your pick and you can go tick for tack and be like, well, this one shouldn't have been a foul. This one shouldn't have been a foul. This and that, this is that, blah, blah. At the end of the day, the 76ers have Joel Embiid and James Harden. Those two draw the most fouls in the league, regardless of what you think of what you think is a foul or not a foul. In today's NBA, those two are going to draw a lot of fouls and you have both of them on the same team and against a Toronto team that is not that deep. And that was always the concern for Toronto. When I talked about what made me nervous for Toronto, it was the fact of the fouling. And the fouling could limit people on the floor. And then when they start playing the bench players that they don't really want to play like that, like they, they're comfortable playing with them. But Nick Nurse would much rather trot out his five starters for the entirety of the whole game. It, it gets to be very, very scary for Toronto. So that's the big thing. That's what's been going on in the series. That's probably been the difference in the series. Because in that last game, Toronto was fighting. They yeah. were fighting for that first mm-hmm. half. They they were battling for that first half. And then it, it got pulled away, pulled away, pulled away. And so now you're back in Toronto. Philly, Joel Embiid is seeing red. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, I'm on every single Joel Embiid prop today. Because... Joel Embiid is seeing red because the last time he was in this stadium, in the playoffs, he saw a ball go doom, doom, (laughs) doom, and then end. And he walked off the court a loser as the Toronto Raptors went on to win the NBA championship. This is going to be a battle tonight. If if they get the calls at home, Toronto, mm-hmm. and they don't worry about you know somebody being out with the foul trouble, the starters get to be able to go play the whole game. This is going to be a battle tonight. Yeah, it absolutely is. And the best thing for Toronto is that if there's ever somebody that you want to be down 0-2 to, it's James Harden and Doc Rivers. <laughs> because <laughs> oh my gosh. You're I right. Think that, I think we're going to be the fact that this game is on NBA TV is kind of it's kind of making me mad. Mm-hmm. But I think we're in for I think we're going to be in for a treat tonight. This line is indicative of what the game should be. I was on Toronto to begin the series. I've seen enough to make me want to flip. I'm not going to flip just yet. <laughs> yeah. But if, if that fouling comes down, I got to think that Toronto can run those starters more that they want to run them, keep them in rhythm for more than he would like. And they have a really good, really, really amazing output. I'll take Toronto. I'll take Toronto plus the two. I like the home dog. Yeah. Um, it's gonna, this is a, I think that, you know, 
a lot of people or betters like backing teams that are down 0-2 going back home in game three. Um, and I think that this is one of those spots for Toronto here. I especially like them in the first quarter. I mean, this kind of tells you that the line is kind of reflecting that because right now what I'm seeing across the board is that you're in some spots you're seeing Toronto favored in the first quarter by half a point. Um, and again, for the game that they are underdogs, and especially the first half as well, they're they're a half a point favorite. So again, you know, in game two, Fred Van Vliet didn't have the greatest of shooting nights. He was five of 16 from the three-point land. Five of 16, he got a 16 three-point shots against this um against this team and again it's gonna have to be on the back of pascal siakam og ananobi he had a great game for them in game two so i'm looking for fred van vliet and both pascal siakam step up because those guys were really inefficient in game uh two uh, against the philadelphia 76 or siakam seven of 20 from the field did finish up with that double double that uh, i gave out and then uh fred, fred van Vliet was seven of 23 from the field five of 16 from three-point land so uh look for him to uh have a better night here tonight as well he did finish up with seven assists but um i'm currently seeing gary Trent jr is questionable for tonight so keep that in mind as well um yeah. and again i, I think that I like them in the first quarter and first half here. I could see a world where James Harden and Joel Embiid kind of get uh, going in that second half and and can get the lead, but I would not be surprised if Toronto did come out in game three here on their home floor where their fans are going to be ready to go. They're going to be rowdy, and they're going to be on the back of of that energy from the crowd, and and they could get a victory here. But I do like them in the first half, and I agree with you. I'll lean for the full game. I'll lean towards the Raptors here as well uh, Mm -hmm. as the underdog, as the Sixers. Um, against the Sixers, I'm sorry. Um, anything else for this game, uh, Terrell, before we get to the last game of the night? No, no, I have not for this one, but let's take a quick um, commercial yeah. break. Yeah, let's quick. take yeah, let's Yeah. Wait, wait, no, no. I mean, my commercial. We'll take my commercial break, then we'll go to the real commercial break. So okay. my commercial break go ahead. is because I didn't, you know, I, I was going through my Memphis tirade, and I didn't get to touch on this in the beginning of the show like I normally do. But I would like to welcome everybody to – Today's episode of These Dudes Really Ain't Trying to Fight for Real. <laughs> because guess what? We have a guard, ladies and gentlemen. We have some guard play. Ooh, he's a good one on the team. Jordan Clarkson, welcome to the club. As the man who walked up to Davis Bertans and told him, I will beat your ass as he continued <laughs> to back up and back up. And back up, Troy Clarkson. You got to stand on that. If you gonna tell somebody you gonna beat their ass, you got to stand on that. Don't don't start that backing up. All that all that talking. Won't nobody even separating from separating you for real for real. You was backing up on your own low key there, partner. Like you you won't even trying to like at least some people try to walk. Like Isaiah Stewart, at least he tried to make it seem like he was trying to get to LeBron. You was like I beat your ass as you was backing up, backing up. Nah, bro, stand on that. You know, come on, bro. You know, come on. I'm disappointed, JC. I'm disappointed, you, bro. Because I know you bout it. I'm disappointed, you, bro. Come on. You stand on that. Tell Davis Bertans, I'll beat your ass as you stand there, and then beat his ass. Come on. JC oh, is JC man. a starter? He's coming off the bench for us. Oh, he's definitely starting. I don't know. No, 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 no. I ain't. Even, I because we don't got nobody to pick from. We got to start him. We ain't oh, got yeah. no guard play. We ain't got no guard play. And so, yeah, he got to he got to start. We need him. And so it's, oh man, 
Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson. I'm disappointed in you, man. I expected better. I didn't think that you would make this list. I really didn't think you would make this list. But as Steven Jackson told us, these dudes ain't trying to fight for real. <laughs> there we go. We picked up our first guard on our team that we uh, uh, assembled during the season. So with that being said, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll dive into the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks uh, game two here tonight for the NBA playoffs. It's a hectic time of year. Between weddings, graduation, spring sports, and more, we're busier than ever right now. And sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second and enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Work, friends, family, and many million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button and that's why you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer that's out there literally made to chill and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit the reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So all you gotta do is head over to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP to get Coors Light delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart. And remember, to always res- celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode actually doesn't protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prowling eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash S-G-P. All right, coming off of the break here, let's dive into the last game of the night here, Terrell. We have game two between the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, game one, it was an ugly one, um, but the Milwaukee Bucks eventually did get the victory, 93-86 to 86 over the Chicago Bulls. Um just an ugly shooting night for both teams. Chicago was 32 of, uh, sorry, 32% from the floor. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks were at about 41%. Both teams struggled from the three point line. Um, the Chicago Bulls were at 19%, and the Milwaukee Bucks at 26%. Uh, Milwaukee did miss eight free throws, but this was just an ugly, ugly uh, 
offensive performance from both teams. But um, Terrell, uh, thoughts from game one before we dive into game two here, man. I mean, you hit it on the head. It was ugly. It was ugly. <laughs> Chicago scored 86 points in the playoffs, yo. You can't yeah. go to no playoff game and score 86 points, bro. Come on now. All right, it's not, not in today's NBA. Maybe, you know, and Kobe would be pissed to hear it because Kobe Kobe hates all the scoring. That's why he doesn't watch the NBA for real because Kobe sits there and says, everybody scores in the NBA. If it was up to Kobe, matter of fact, it was like a typo in one of the games. And you got to see it. Like in one of the games, it was a typo. It was the third quarter. And the, the team score had said one to zero. And when I saw that, I think it was in the Dallas Jazz game. Mm-hmm. When I saw that, I was like, oh, Kobe would love that for that to be the basketball game because Kobe don't <laughs> like no scoring. And so this was a Kobe. This was a Kobe basketball game. Kobe would love to see somebody finish with 86 points. You can't do that in today's NBA, bro. You can't go out here in today's NBA, score 86 points in the playoffs and think you're doing anything, man. This was the opportunity for Chicago to steal a game on the road. This was probably going to be one of their best opportunities to steal the game on the road, and they pissed it down a rabbit hole. And so, I'm I'm hard pressed to even take this ten with Chicago because mm-hmm. I, I gotta expect Milwaukee to come out there and have a better performance. I think that both of these teams' bench units are still struggling. Kobe White gave a pretty decent effort. He didn't give effort where I wanted it, but, you know, he finished 5 for 10 with 12 points in that game. He was 2 for 6 from 3. That's really where I need Kobe White to to take over this game. Absolutely. I need him to be automatic from 3 when he touches the ball because the Bucks are going to give it to you. Yeah. And they had open looks in this game. I'm not. It's not like the defense was smothering in this game. Both teams had open looks. They just did knock them down. And so I, I got to hope that these teams can put together a better performance this day. We're going to see a lot more points in the games today. Yeah. But it, it's not it's not looking good for either one of these teams. And if this game is an indication of how they're going to play for the rest of the playoffs, then both of these teams are taking an L to whoever they play in the next round. Yeah, I, I think that between the big three of the Chicago Bulls, DeRozan, Vucevic, and Levine, they were 21 of 72 from the floor in game one. That's uh hair under 30%. And you can't have that, especially in the playoffs. And like you said, 86 points in this NBA is not going to get it done. But yeah, I mean, tonight we're, we're all expecting to see better offense from both teams. Um, I mean, it can't get any worse than it did in game one. So kind of transitioning into game two here, Terrell. Uh, line is pretty much the same as it was in game one, minus 10 uh-huh. for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. The total did come down a little bit. It's at 225. Maybe that's an over adjustment, maybe, but uh, we shall see here tonight. But let's start with the side here and then get uh, to handicap the game two here. So, what are you thinking for tonight? Well, in my head, first game is a wash. I'm just going to chop the yeah. game up as a wash. I think both teams think that they had a bad ad- output in that first game. So we chalk it up as a wash. I'm going to go back to the same handicap that I did the first game, and I'm not laying 10 points with the Milwaukee Bucks at home with how their home production has been over the course of this season in terms of against the spread. They are the second-worst team behind the Brooklyn Nets against the spread for the season. And by a pretty wide margin between them two and the next team, which is the Denver Nuggets, that I'm pretty sure. So I'm not – I'm not backing this team laying that many points as a home favorite Mm -hmm. when that's the aspect that they've been the worst at. It's all, again, it's all the three-point line. They give up 
threes. They they are going to give up a number of threes. Vucevic took ten. Zach Levine took ten, and both of them were two for ten. You can't have that. In the aspect yeah. that they are worse, you have to punch them in the mouth for it. Mm-hmm. If they're going to give you open looks, you got, they have to punch you in the mouth for it. Alex Caruso, I know you built your career off of defense. I get that. You are an NBA basketball player. You got to hit open looks when you get them. I don't care. I do not care if offense is not your specialty. I really don't care. You got to hit them open looks when they give them to you because they're going to give them to you of anybody else on that team. They're going to give them to you. You got to hit them when your number's called. And if I was him, I wouldn't let the gym until I made 200. And to be honest, because you got to be ready. You have to be ready when your number's called. You can't – he can't go out there and be one for five, and all five are good looks. You can't. You cannot do that. Yeah. And mindful, we're looking over here on Milwaukee side of ball, and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are doing exactly what they were doing last playoffs. For the duration of of majority of last playoffs, they were doing the same thing, not showing up. For the series against Brooklyn, they didn't show up for half the games. Half the games, they didn't even show up. And so that's where Milwaukee is going to struggle because if they're not getting production from Chris Milton, they're not getting production from Drew Holiday, and you're leaning on Giannis, who actually had a pretty decent game, it may not have been otherworldly for him, but this was still a pretty decent game for 10 for 19, 27 points. They're not getting anything from their bench. They're not going to get anything from Javon Carter. They're not going to get – with the low amount of minutes that he's getting, I don't think that they're getting anything from Grayson Allen anymore when he's not in that starting rotation. I don't think they're getting anything from him anymore. Bobby Portis is going to do what he can on the inside, and Pat Connaughton is either going to be hit or he's going to be missed. Yeah. And last game, it was missed. So maybe he hits today, maybe he doesn't. That's going to be a concern for Milwaukee this entire playoff run if they even make it out of this series. But 10 points, and I have. there's so many questions and holes for me on Milwaukee's side. I don't think that they're one of the best teams in the East. Okay. I'm, I'm leaning with Chicago in the 10 points here. I'll take a chance and just say that Milwaukee does what they did all season, unable to cover the spread at home while they're a favorite. Yeah, I think the best way to probably attack for me, what I'm thinking is probably take Milwaukee in the first half, be- sorry, the first quarter, because they just come out and play real well at home in the first quarter. And then it kind of regresses, you know, as the game kind of goes along where the shooting is just isn't there for them anymore. And, and going back to last game, they put up 34 points in that first quarter. They were up by 13 in that first quarter, even at the half, uh, they were up by five. So I think that's one way to attack this game here. And and again, like you said, I think we kind of have to throw everything out from the first game. I mean, it's shooting wise, it wasn't pretty from both sides. Giannis, 10 of 19 from the field, uh, did finish up with 16 rebounds, uh, along with 27 points, six of 11 from the free throw line. Um, I don't really don't know what to really make of this game. I it took Chicago plus the 10 in, in game one. I don't see a reason why I should flip over to the other side to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, they should have a better shooting night, but again, Chicago's going to have a better shooting night as well. You, you'll think that they're going to make some adjustments, especially on the offensive side, but a play for sure that I am making, I will take Milwaukee in the first quarter. Full game-wise, I'm leaning towards Chicago plus the 10. Um, and again, expect a better night here from DeMar DeRozan here. Again, 6 of 25 
DeMar DeRozan, that's not really heard of from him. He should be way more efficient than he was in game one. Uh, probably looking at his points prop here for tonight. He did play 43 minutes for the Chicago Bulls in game one, so expect him to play another 40-plus minutes here tonight. Uh, Zach Levine had 37. Usovich had 39. So uh, I'll go Chicago plus the 10. I'm leaning towards the over in this game. Again, I think the offense is going to show up here tonight. I think that we'll see t- both teams make shots um, here tonight. Again, for the Milwaukee Bucks, their starting lineup in uh, last game, uh, all five of their starters had made only one three-point shot. The only other guy in that starting lineup that made two was Wes Matthews. So, um, again, all around, we should see better shooting. So, I'll take the over in this game, um, along with a plus 10 on the Chicago Bulls full game, and then uh, definitely playing Milwaukee in the first quarter. Um, and then maybe pick up a better line live on Chicago if they're out to another 13 or you know double-digit lead in that first quarter. So, that's kind of yeah. how I want to attack this game here. Terrell, you have anything else for this game, bud? No, I agree with everything you said. All right, let's do this. Let's take one last break here, man. We'll come back and then we'll get into our lock and dog here for tonight. Um, and then we'll close out this episode. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into that contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can ch- I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code SGPNBA and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code SGPNBA. That's SGPNBA. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, that's right, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well be giving away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's really that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So, so go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% in savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. All right, coming off of the break here, Terrell, uh, we have been crushing our locks uh, since the playoffs started, man. Uh, I think, what are we at, 10-2 and two now on our on our locks uh, since the game one yep. on Saturday. So hopefully uh, we huh? – since we started tracking, since we started yeah. tracking, <laughs> yeah, or putting a little you know, nice little graphic that we put up on our on our social media, um, you know, shout out to uh, for Jake for again getting that done for us. So, um, yeah, well, hopefully we can continue it here. We're on a ten two run going into Wednesday night. Uh, unfortunately, I lost my lock yesterday by a point. I had a team total over one hundred six for the uh, Atlanta Hawks. They ended up with 105, and then Terrell and Scott crushed their locks yesterday. Terrell had Memphis minus 6.5. They won by 28, and then Scott had the under in that game as well, and that that flew way under the total. So, um, again, uh, we'll, we'll get that graphic up closer to game time, but we are going to give you our picks here. As usual, lock and dog for tonight, Terrell. I will uh, lead it off here as usual for my lock. Um uh a couple things that i like here you know what i'm gonna stay with what i did on saturday with that total in the nets and celtics game i'll go with the over 226 in that game again i know we talked about boston's defense how they were great second half of the season but when you have this type of offensive talent sometimes the defense just doesn't matter because these guys are bucket getters so um i'm gonna go over 226 i'm expecting that number to creep up closer to game time so i would lock that in uh, sooner rather than later. So give me the over for the Nets and Celtics. Um, for my dog, is I'm going to go here. It's probably not going to be at a dog price. Um, let me see. Yeah, they're at a full game. Hmm. I think we're going to be on the same dog here because I don't like any. Well, you know what? Give me Toronto here. Plus 130 on the money line. In game three, on their home floor, behind that crowd. Actually, I see that plus 105, so it's a very, very small dog. Uh, but definitely shop around for that number. But currently on win bet, it's plus 105. So a very small dog here for me with the Toronto Raptors against the Philadelphia 76ers in game three. So that's going to be my two bets. Terrell, what do you got, man? All right. 
So for the mm-hmm. entire season, I haven't picked quarters or halves. Yeah. And I'm not about to switch up now, but I do really, really do like the Raptors' first quarter. I think that the Bucks' first quarter is a pretty good bet, too. Mm-hmm. I really do like those bets, but I'm not switching up now. I'm just telling y'all what I like. For my lock, I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets plus three and a half. Okay. At the end of the day, if they lose this game, I don't think that they lose it to the tune of four points. I'm expecting to see a much better output from Kevin Durant and – it seems like the Celtics got an incredible effort from majority of their starters and played really good defensively. And so we're down for majority of that game. and had to fight back and get a last second bucket win the game. Okay. So I like Brooklyn. I get, I like getting the points for Brooklyn. Nets. give me three and a half. I can see, I now I can absolutely see a world possibility where Brooklyn is O two 2 going back to Brooklyn, but three and a half feels safe for my dog. I'm going for the fences, man. I'm going for the fences. Give me the Bulls. Ooh, four okay. to one. I'll take I'll take a big dog with the Bulls four to one. Because I will say that for one, they have to have some type of pride in losing this many times to the Milwaukee Bucks. Like there has to be some type of pride that kicks in. And you have to think that they possibly they're gonna win one game eventually. Mm-hmm. And so Let's go with the game that people may not think that it happens. Now, they could absolutely get blown out in this game. So, if you don't rock with this dog, I 100% am with you. Uh, that's fine. But okay. I'm willing to take a stab on at the Chicago Bulls at 4-1 to when Zach got, was, got 10 threes up last game. That's what I wanted. I wanted him to shoot a bunch of threes. He just didn't make a bunch of them. Yeah. So, I expect for the looks to be there from three, and that's going to open up so much more for them. Mm-hmm. That's going to add to the scoring and help blow this this workload. And I just don't trust Drew Holiday and Chris Milton in playoffs, to be honest. Okay. I really don't. I think that they're very iffy and they show up maybe one to two got one to two times during a series. Max. So is this one of those two one to two times for both of them? Possibly. I'll take the chance that it's not. And they're kind of complacent being at home against this Bulls team that they've been beating shit out of for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Bulls catch Bulls catch them sleeping tonight at home. Give me that four to one for the Chicago Bulls. That's my dog. All right, so there we go. Lock for Terrell tonight. Brooklyn Nets plus a three and a half against the Boston Celtics in Game Two, and swinging for the fences with the Chicago Bulls here tonight. Uh, plus 400 on the money line in game two against the Milwaukee Bucks. I love it, man. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can continue our log streak here. Uh, we've been off to a 10 and 2 start. Uh, so let's keep it rolling for our listeners and um, all our followers on our uh, Twitter account at SGPN NBA. Uh, again, we'll tweet out the picks closer to game time uh, an hour or so before the game time for our picks. But again, um, make sure to follow our Twitter account at SGPN NBA. Terrell, anything else, man, before we get out of here? Uh, you want to get off your chest? No, no, got everything off. I'm good. No more talking shit. I'm straight. Let's <laughs> keep it moving, keep rolling through the playoffs, getting some good basketball here over this. T- well, well, nah. I mean, if you ain't get that five to one on Dallas to win the, the series, then you're already behind the curve here. Yep. I'll just say that now. 
if Luca comes back and they win, actually, I would put that. I'd probably put that bet in now. Dallas is plus six and a half right now with yeah. a question mark if Luca's coming back for game three. Mm-hmm. Just take six and a half because Utah sucks. So just take yeah. six and a half. I think that you're pretty you're pretty decent. And if Luca comes back, that line is going to drop. Yeah. And you'll probably get a pretty good cash out offer as well. So you might can even cash out, make some money without even game complaints, to be honest. That's that's the last thing. That's the last thing. At really real underscore underscore. You guys know where to find me. Appreciate everybody rapping with me, talking with me, all that stuff. Coming home soon, and I will be uh-huh. much more have a lot more communication with you all once I get back stateside. So let's keep it moving. Yeah, uh, just one thing that just uh, Scott that uh, Terrell didn't mention is that if if the Utah Jazz line is above two, you automatically take the other team, right, Terrell? Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. it's above, if it's above, <laughs> how many passes that Rudy Gobert gets in a game from Jonathan Mitchell? Just take the points. You're you're going to win more than you lose. I'll I'll promise you that right now. You're going to win more than you lose. There you go. All right. So, uh, yeah, Terrell and I will be back next week for the NBA Gambling Podcast. But uh, Scott and Terrell will be here tomorrow um, for the Thursday games and the recap everything that they saw here tonight on Wednesday night. So with that being said, again, thank you guys so much, uh, everyone, to listening to us today. Uh, Again, we'll be back throughout the week. Make sure to download the SGPN app if you haven't already. Uh, Just go to your Google Play Store and App Store. um, Put in SGPN. You'll see the black and red logo there. Make sure to download it. And also leave us a rating and a review, please, if you haven't already, for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Much appreciated. We love the support and the words that we get from all of our loyal listeners. So, again, we would not be here without you guys. So thank you so much for all the support and love that we've gone throughout the season. Good luck with your bets here tonight. Uh, Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.